My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you're having a wonderful end of your month of May. And if you're listening to this on Monday, then it is Memorial Day. I I, I did a side episode um, that I also released um, about Memorial Day and just, and just celebrating it. And it wasn't a very long one, just wanted to add some things uh, to that and just honoring uh, the men and women who, who have fought and died for this country, for this nation, and just felt impressed to do that. And so, uh, if you didn't hear that one or didn't see that one, uh, maybe maybe take a little little stroll on over there after this. But um, this whole month of, of May, I actually didn't do any of the normal half podcasts um, that I would I would have normally done. Um, and the reason is because I actually have something new that I'm going to be transitioning into um, on the podcast and. Um, more or less renaming some things and going a different direction in them. And there's some specific direction I believe I got from the Lord about that. And you'll be hearing more about that in the month of June. But um, so I, I did that extra little episode for Memorial Day, but I also wanted to release this episode uh, because this really came up strong in my heart and um, really just wanted to minister some things that the Lord um, downloaded to me this week about this topic. And last week I did a, a podcast and the title of it was, Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And uh, the the idea there, the thought there, um, it, it was that, you know, God has a will. And he has a perfect will, but his perfect will cannot be separated from his way of doing things. And in order to find God's perfect will, you have to do things his way. And, you know, um, this has kind of been coming out of the past several weeks I've been listening to a series by my spiritual father, Brother Keith Moore, that he's been doing at his church entitled The Perfect Will of God, and, and that has definitely inspired um, the direction of study in some of these things that some of these podcasts were born out of. Although I will say this, I'm not just copying him. Um, I, I, I seek the Lord, I pray over these podcasts, and I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. If I'm supposed to have a guest, if I'm not supposed to have a guest— when I'm supposed to have a guest, you know, I have so many podcasts I could do, so many topics that I feel like, you know, I, I have something I could say about them, but I know it's important to discern the right timing of when to release those podcasts, and and it's important that, you know, just because I have something on a subject doesn't mean I'm supposed to release it right now, um, and, and there may be more that the Lord wants to add to it. He may want to give me more light, and, and I've seen that time and again. I've I've been about to release a podcast, and the Lord's like, "Oh, hold on, don't don't release that this week." And sometimes He'd have me release it the next week. Sometimes He'd have me release it three months down the road. Sometimes He wouldn't have me release it at all, and He He would say, "Hey, that was just for you." <laughs> and so, what what I've learned in that is that um, there was a right time for some things. And so I, I pray over what I'm supposed to release and I pray over what I'm supposed to minister. And there's some things I heard um, 
this past week that really stirred in my heart about God's perfect timing, in which I didn't mean for this to happen, but that really went along with the example I was just using about, hey, you know, there's a timing in which I'm supposed to release some things on this podcast. And, and I'm seeing that more and more is that I have to be led and be sensitive to what God's timing is on certain things, um, because I'm not doing this just to have a have a platform to just kind of vent all of, you know, um, my opinions or, or, or things like that. No, no, I, I want to minister to the listener. I want to feed the flock of God. And I want to be sensitive to what uh, it, it, what the flock needs to hear. And, and I know I'm just as much of a sheep as you are. I, I my, my bat is just as sheepy as yours is. But listen here. <laughs> listen, I, I believe that one of my assignments uh, is, to, is to feed the flock. And I say that with all humility, but also with reverence, because I take that very seriously. And I want to uh, do that faithfully. And so I pray and I seek the Lord about what what is supposed to be communicated. Anyway, all that to say, um, today I want to talk about God's perfect timing. And I want to add some things that I feel like the Lord has has shown me about this. And uh, in in addition to the revelation that God's perfect will um, has to be attached to his perfect way, it also has to be attached to his perfect timing. And, and, you know, anytime you leave one of those things off, you know, you can have the right thing, but if it's done in the wrong way, it's still not his perfect will. And in the same way, you can have the right thing and you can be doing it the right way, but if it's at the wrong time, <laughs> see, God's perfect will is, is specific and it includes making small adjustments. And I've, I've mentioned some of this in the past, but you have to be sensitive to him. You have to be led by the spirit. And it's not about being legalistic. It's about being sensitive. I'm going to say that again. It's not about being legalistic. It's about being sensitive to his Holy Spirit. And God's not going to condemn you if you missed it on something. You're going to miss it on things. I've missed it on things. And and God's not going to beat you over the head if you do, but he'll help you. And he'll say, baby, come on. It's it's all right. I'm not mad at you, but let's 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 move up. Let's grow up a little bit. Let's get it right the next time. And he'll show you a little bit more light in an area and he'll help you to adjust a little bit more uh, to his perfect will. And, th- and this is something that Ephesians talks about us growing up in- into the perfection of the body. And it's not referring to a-, a flawlessness as much as it's referring to a maturity. And so all that to say, um, I, I want to emphasize his perfect timing and the title of today's podcast is beautiful in his time. And that's what I want to talk about today. And this uh, this phrase is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we'll start there. In the King James Version, starting in verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Now, it didn't say that every man has a certain time that he has to die, but there is a time to die. Every one of us will come to a point in life where it is time for us to die, but that time can change. And I could do a whole other podcast on that. But it says there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. You say, well, Ben, when would it be time to kill? Uh, did you did you go to Chick-fil-A today? Uh, did you know that those chickens had to die? They, they died on the altar. Uh, of of your stomach. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. 
And there's other applications to that, but there's a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to weep. Yeah, there's a time to weep. Paul said, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. There is a time for that. I could do a whole other thing on that. I won't. There's a time to build up. Uh, I already said that. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. (laughs) Now, somebody needs to hear that one right there. There's a time to keep. There's a time to throw away, though, okay? You understand? Uh, There's a time to to throw it away. I don't know who that's for, but praise God. Uh, A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. That's another word for somebody. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. A time to love and a time to hate. Uh, A time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen, watch this, the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. I want to emphasize that for just a minute. He said, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. So he mentions a God-given task that we're supposed to be occupied with. Now, now we're going to get more into this in a few minutes, but this has to do with what happens while you're waiting on God's perfect timing. He has an assignment and a task with which you're supposed to be occupied. Jesus said, occupy until I come. Let's keep reading, though. He, and then he goes on to say, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He said, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Now, what does that mean? He's put eternity in their hearts. Well, this has to do with our goals in life. This has to do with what we're mindful of. You see, how we spend our time on earth has everything to do with, with what we're mindful of. Because if we're, we're not mindful at all of eternity, it'll drastically change how we behave on this earth, how we use our time. But when you're mindful of eternity, when eternity is what's in your heart, when you're thinking about not only your eternity, but other people's eternity, it's going to affect how you spend your time. And it changes the way you see time. I mean, even in another respect, when you realize that to God, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day, that changes your perspective of time. All of a sudden, waiting a year or two for something isn't such a big deal. Because when eternity is in your heart, it changes your perspective of time. And he said God has put eternity in their hearts. But the thing I want to emphasize here is that he's made everything beautiful in his time. And that's what I want to emphasize in here, in his time. In his time. He has timing. He has a perfect time for things to happen. And if he has a time for things to happen, that means that there is a time when they're not supposed to happen. That means there's a time when it's not time yet. It's not due season yet. It's not uh, the ripe time for that thing yet. And we want to discern when that is and when that isn't. Now watch this. In John chapter 2, 
It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I'm going to say that again. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour, my time has not yet come. What's he saying? It's not time yet. It's not time yet. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So he told her, I'm not going to concern myself with this because my time has not yet come. So, so the, we see a picture here of there are some things that you shouldn't concern yourself with because it's not time for that yet. Does that make sense? Jesus talked about not worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, don't concern yourself with that because it's not time for that yet. It's not time to think about that yet. And, and he's saying, my time has not yet come, so why should this concern me? Why should I take on the care of this? And so the, the mother's response, Mary's response, was to tell the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So here's the thing, uh, in the space between where you are and God's timing for a thing, what should you do? Whatever he says to you. In other words, you have a God-given task with which you're supposed to be occupied in the meantime. <laughs> and here's the thing, if you'll occupy yourself with whatever he says to you, it'll speed up time. Oh, come on. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. It'll speed up time. Because uh, the truth is, the miracle came in, in this situation after they made themselves servants and subservient to whatever Jesus said. You see that? And then it says, Now there was set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. So here's something. Not only did they submit themselves to, to him, but they obeyed him even when it didn't make sense. Do you see that? And this is where the miracle came from. Because it's, it, they submitted to him, and they drew it out, and they took it to the master. And, and, and when the master tasted it, he said, no, watch this. Uh, when the master had tasted that the water was made wine and did not know where it came from, it says, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. Oh, come on. You have kept the good wine until now. In other words, you saved the best for last. I love that. But here's the thing I want to point out to you. Wine normally takes years to become good quality. Wine normally takes a long time to get uh, to a place where it's considered good wine or high quality wine. 
But because these servants obeyed him and submitted themselves to his timing instead of their timing, then Jesus took something that normally was supposed to take many years and did it instantaneously. Oh, come on. Do you see this? Something that normally should have taken years to accomplish, he did instantaneously. Why? Because they submitted themselves to his timing. He said, my time has not yet come. And they said, well, whatever you say, we'll do (laughs) until that time comes. Praise God. And God literally, watch this, sped up time. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me. Time sped up because they submitted themselves to God's time frame, God's timing. Let me say it to you like this. They took a shortcut through time because, because they submitted themselves to eternity. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say it to you like this. Submission without natural understanding is a shortcut to the miracle you want to see. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about to speak in tongues. Submission without natural understanding is a shortcut to the miracle you want to see. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You see that? You have, to, you have to not be leaning on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Now, you're, we're going to see this some more as we go along in this podcast, but we're already in it. Man, praise the Lord. But God saves his best for last. And uh, hey, listen, don't, don't get thrown by the, the wine example. Um, you know, this, I'm just reading scripture. Okay, we're just, we're just reading scripture. Um, and, and you know, uh, when it comes to the right timing of things, you know, plants have a ripeness and fruit has a ripeness and they, and they have a time that they are to be plucked and when they're ripe and ready to be plucked. And if you pluck something too early, it's immature. It's like bananas that are too green, you know, um, it's, it's not ready to be plucked. And how can you tell that it's ripe? You can tell when fruit is ripe by the ease with which it comes off of the tree. Oh, come on. The ease with which it comes off of the tree. It's graceful. It's not, uh, you don't got to force it off the tree. You know what I'm saying? Now, there there are some cases in which fruit should have fallen off the tree a long time ago, and that fruit is holding on for dear life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to let go, baby, uh, and, and, and and hit the ground, you know? But that's not what we're talking about right now. Well, we're talking about God's perfect timing. And so, you know, God's not early nor late. Um, You know, people can wait too long. We'll talk about that. But people can, God can be be ushering people out and saying, all right, it's time, it's time. And and they cannot want to not want to do it. You know, it, it works both ways. But moving on, Galatians 6, 9 through 10 It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. What is that? That's the whatever he says to you, do it. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. You see the same concept. Don't grow weary in doing good. In due season, you'll reap if you don't faint. Therefore, as you have opportunity, do good. You see the same thing. Whatever he says to you, do it. There's a God-given task. 
with which you're supposed to be occupied while you're waiting for due season. This is not a passive waiting. It reminds me of Psalm 37. talks about um, um, do, you know, dwell in the land and do good and feed on his faithfulness. And then it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. talks about uh, rolling your way onto him and, and trusting in him and he'll bring it to pass. It talks about resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for him. You see the same concept. You're waiting on his timing, but you're not being idle. You are occupied with the God-given task. And and the more occupied you are with this God-given task, it's literally speeding up time. Do you remember what the Bible says about Jacob and Rachel? Uh, The Bible says that Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, but it seemed to him a few days for the love that he had for Rachel. Now, man, there's another podcast I want to do soon called Time, Space, eternity and love. And it's kind of based on interstellar a little bit, (laughs) if I'm being honest, but it's not based on interstellar. It's based on the word, but there's some things in interstellar that, that, uh, actually paint a picture of it. But I'll just say this, the thing that will cut through time and space and eternity is love. Oh, come on, come on, because God is love. You see that? I, I can't get into that right now. That's 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 uh, for another day. But anyway, um, God has an assignment for us to accomplish while we are waiting for due season. Here's the thing about due season: it's almost always later than your flesh would prefer. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Due season is almost always later than your flesh would prefer it to be. You may as well say amen, it's, 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 it's so. But due season is God's perfect timing. It's when it's due, it's when it's right. Uh, listen to this in uh, Hebrews 10.35 in the Amplified. It says, Do not fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Now, here's the thing. If you pick fruit too early, you won't enjoy it to the full. Why? Because it's not ready. But when you pick fruit, when it's just right, you'll enjoy it to the full because it's ready to be picked. It's ready to be eaten. You know, uh, we had a an event recently at, at um, another church that I, I go to part of the time, um, and they've had this event for years called Celebration Sunday, and they have these given receive tents. And whenever you uh, go into these given receive tents, people donate items, household items, and things like that. And you can get, and and you get a number, and you go into this tent, and you find what you like, and you take it, you receive it, and you carry it away. <laughs> well, that's the picture that's being painted here. You receiving something, you're carrying it away, and you're enjoying it to the full. In other words. Uh, you're enjoying it in the way you're supposed to enjoy it because everything's as it should be. It's the right thing at the right time, and you got it in the right way. You understand that? So uh, anyway, moving on. I'm, I'm kind of g- going through these scriptures because I have somewhere I want to get. But Proverbs 23, 17 through 18 in the Amplified says, Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord all the day long. Now, why would you be tempted to envy sinners? Because they're not waiting for the right time for anything. 
they want something, they do whatever they can to get it as soon as possible. Uh, something that my spiritual father, Brother Keith Moore, often says is the flesh uh, says, get it now, anyhow. Uh, but faith says, if you'll wait, it'll be great. But, but the world doesn't think that way. They think, I want it now, so I'm going to get it now. If I have to get up into my eyeballs in debt, <laughs> I'm going to get it now. But God has a better way. He said, don't envy sinners. He said, for surely there is a latter end, a future, and a reward, and your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. He said, there is an end. In other words, there's a perfect time. There's a due season. Don't envy sinners. Don't envy the way they do things. Keep honoring God. Keep doing things the way he said to do it. Keep fulfilling your God-given task because there is an end and your expectation won't be cut off. You know, uh, in Genesis 21, it's talking about Abraham. And, you know, uh, Abraham, I, I mentioned this a little bit in the last podcast, but Abraham had a word from the Lord about having a son. And, you know, he had the right thing. He had the right vision. But here's the thing. The right vision has to not only uh, be done the right way, but it has to include the right people, and it has to be at the right time. You understand that, that God's perfect will has all of these factors. But Abraham had the right vision, but he tried to make it happen in the wrong way with the wrong person at the wrong time. And that's where the whole situation happened with Ishmael. Now, God still blessed Ishmael, and he made a nation out of him for Abraham's sake. But that was, a, that was a whole thing there. But God said, no, Abraham, I want to give you a child through your wife, Sarah. And so uh, there's a whole thing I could get into with this, but um, God was faithful to Sarah, and, and he visited her, and he healed her body so that she could have a child. And in Genesis 21, it says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. It said he, he, he visited Sarah and she bore a son at the set time that God had spoken to Abraham. So God spoke to Abraham about this appointed season, this set time. Why? So he could prepare for it. So he could have a hope and an expectation to get ready for. And, 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 you know, faith prepares. And and Jesus told us in John 16 that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. The Bible says, By faith, Noah, being warned of things not yet seen, prepared an ark to the saving of his his household. That's in Hebrews chapter 6. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11. I believe it's verse 6. Maybe not. Verse 7? I don't know. You look it up. But Psalm 16, verse 5 says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. In other words, you preserve my lot. You protect my lot. You keep my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Now, remember, the title of this podcast is Beautiful in His Time. And with that in mind, listen to this verse in the Amplified. The boundary lines of the land have fallen for me in pleasant places. 
Indeed, my inheritance is beautiful to me. Now, remember what he said before this, you maintain my lot. Why would God need to maintain your lot? Because I'm not maintaining it yet. I'm not taking care of it yet. God's taking care of it for me. It's like a trust fund. It's an inheritance that one day I'll receive. But but the Bible says an inheritance gained too early is not blessed. See, I'm not just after the inheritance. I'm after the blessing. See, that th- this is something that the world doesn't value. The world values inheritance. Oh, they value the, the money. <laughs> they value the, the business, the company, the whatever the case is. They value the inheritance, but they don't value the blessing. But I'm not just after the inheritance. I'm after the blessing. And the Bible says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. And here's the thing, Esau traded his his birthright for a bowl of stew, for temporary satisfaction in the moment. But the reason he did that is that he valued, he didn't value the blessing portion enough. He didn't value that blessing portion enough. See, Jacob had a revelation of what the blessing meant. Uh, he wasn't just thinking about the natural inheritance. Because both of the sons were going to get a natural inheritance, but not both of the sons were going to get the blessing of the firstborn. And that's the thing, is that Jacob valued the blessing. And that's why Esau let it it go, because he didn't value it. But I don't just want my inheritance, I want the blessing on my inheritance. And can I tell you something? The blessing is what makes your inheritance beautiful. I'm going to say it again. The blessing is what makes your inheritance beautiful. Now, I want to tell you a testimony um, in this next segment of this podcast. Um, I've been waiting to buy a new phone for a while now. And, and I had some people, you know, tell me, you know, Ben, why don't you just go get a phone? Just, you know, just go get a new phone. And the truth is, the reason why I didn't get, go get a new phone it's because I didn't have to get a new phone, and it wasn't a priority. I had other priorities with my money, with, with things to do, than go buy a new phone. I had things I wanted to give. I had things I had to do in my car. It just wasn't a priority at the moment. And so I didn't just run out and do it, and I didn't want to get into debt over it. Um, I'm trying to get out of debt, and I didn't want to get into debt over something else. I was like, I don't want a new phone unless I can pay cash for it. That's what was on my heart to do. I just didn't want to do that. And so I waited and I waited and I, I waited. And, and every time I'd go to do it, it seemed like it just wasn't the right time. And I really wanted a new phone. And I was like, ah, I'm really itching for a new phone, but it just didn't seem right. And so I waited. I waited. But praise God, alas, finally, as of yesterday, I have purchased a new iPhone. Praise the Lord. And it, it's nice. I'm using it right now. It's pretty wonderful. But um, the funny thing is, is that I had a sense in my heart that it was time to go get it, that it was time. But as I'm driving to the store, I, I, I had the thought, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just put it off a little longer. Maybe I'll just put it off a little longer. I don't, I don't need to do this just now. I mean, my phone's still working and that's a lot of money and, and maybe I'll just wait. Maybe I'll just wait. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he spoke about four things. He showed me four things in this whole experience of buying a phone that were significant. But the first thing he he did was remind me of something that Brother Keith Moore 
shared that the Lord had said to him about having an airplane. And that was this, these things are not luxuries. You need this to accomplish your mission. Now, now that's what he said to Brother Keith Moore, but it, it came up in my heart and I felt the Lord quickened it to me and said it to me. He said, Ben, this is not just a luxury for you to play video games on or to have to scroll Instagram on. You need this to do some of the things I'm calling you to do. And he was right. I do need it. I needed it for some things I was doing today, but I was putting it off. And so he said, it's not just a luxury. You need this. And this is true of many things. When we're believing for things and we want it to have, uh, you know, kingdom significance, we're believing God for his right timing. You know, when God does it, it's going to have a kingdom significance. And it's not just going to be about you having that new car. It's not going to be just about you having a spouse or you having that child. There's kingdom significance in that. Think about it. Think about the person who, who, who mothered Billy Graham the person who mothered Kenneth Hagin. There's more to it than just them wanting to have a baby. You understand? Sometimes the desires of our heart, God will plant them in our heart for a reason um, because they have more significance than just us wanting them. And the second thing he said to me was he reminded me of a scene from The Chosen. And uh, I'm not preaching The Chosen to you. It's a TV show. But there's some good constructive things in there that, that I'm thankful for. And I do believe there's a, there's a level of the anointing on it. But it was actually the episode about, about what we just read about, the wedding at Cana and Jesus turning the water into wine. And, and it you know, shows how Jesus was at the temple when he was young. And he you know, was ready to start his ministry then. And, and he's like, if not now, when? And his mother is like, just, just wait, <laughs> you know? It wasn't the time for him to start his ministry. He didn't start his ministry till he was thirty. Um, but I love the scene on there where where his mom looks at him and says, "If not now, when?" Concerning the the wedding and the wine that had run short. And I felt like the Lord brought that to my mind, and I felt like He said, "Ben, if not now, when? If you don't get the phone now, when are you going to get it? Because because here's the thing, if I didn't get it then." I would have just found a reason to keep putting it off. Oh, it's too much money. Oh, no, I don't need to do that right now. My phone's fine. Because here's the thing. A lot of times when due season arrives, when due season comes around, um, you know, the flesh can want to put it off for for just the reason of, of convenience or comfort. And so um, there's a few other things that the Lord spoke to me about this, though, because when I, when I went to go get the phone, um, immediately there were two uh, Verizon salespeople there, and they started saying, oh, you looking for a phone, man? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I found the phone that I wanted, and they were like, you know, we could get you that same phone, but with better service. And, and you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, well uh, I said, how much would it be? They were like, well, it would only be $50 a month. And I said, well, yeah, but I'd end up paying more for it in the long run, wouldn't I? They were like, well, yeah, but <laughs> I was like, well, I'd rather pay cash for this. I don't really want to get into debt. He's like, yeah, but you'd have better... Uh, You'd have better service and things of that nature. I was like, I, I understand that. But, you know, first of all, I had zero time to pray about that. And, and I, I just didn't feel right about doing that. And even if it was a good deal, well, whatever. But I didn't I didn't feel impressed to do that. I felt like I'd already had direction. And so I didn't do that. But that's something else the Lord brought up to me. He said, Ben, a lot of times when it's the right time, right before you find the right thing at the right time, there will be distractions that come up. 
And how would you know that it's a distraction? Well, another thing that my spiritual father, Brother Keith Moore, says is, if it's not quite, it's not right. I'm going to say it again. If it's not quite, it's not right. And that's true of the timing. If the timing's not quite right, then it's not right. If it's not quite, it's not right. And, and, and so that's something to keep in mind is that distractions will come and they're not quite what you're believing for. They're not quite, it might look similar. Or it might look like a type and shadow of it or, or a part of the vision, but it's not, it's not the thing. It's not right. Um, but, but it, it comes preaching convenience. You know, you know what I mean by that? It, it, the convenience of it is seductive. And, uh, you know, but that's another thing you got to watch out for is distractions. But uh, the other thing that happened, and this is what felt really significant, is that if I hadn't have gone to the store at that exact time when the Lord prompted me to, then there was a young man there that I wouldn't have met because the young man that was talking to me about those cell phones, uh, after I basically turned them down um, and did the bought the cell phone that I, I felt impressed to get, uh, you know, I... Uh, I went up to him and I said, Hey man, I appreciate your help, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to stay out of debt right now. And he's like, oh, I understand that. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to get out of debt too. And, um, I ended up just, just asking him, Hey, I was like, Hey dude, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he said, well, I don't really believe in that stuff. He said, but yeah, you can pray. That's fine. Now that's significant. He said, I don't believe in that stuff, but yes, you can pray. Well, he just gave me an open door to pray for him. I mean, I'm not even having to bust through his his uh, will to pray for him. You know, he 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 admitted that he didn't believe in that stuff, and yet he said, "Yes, you can pray for me." Well, that that's an open door, and you better believe I took that. And so I said, "Okay, well, hey, dude, the Lord loves you, and I will be praying for you." And I did. I prayed for him the whole way home because I had an open door to do so. But listen, if I hadn't have gone there at that time, right then, I would not have encountered that young man. And been able to look him in the eye and tell him the Lord loved him, knowing that he doesn't believe that stuff, which means he's lost. At least he was. Praise the Lord. And I wouldn't have had that encounter and that open door to pray for him. I guarantee you this, God cares more about his soul than he does my phone. And yet the Lord used that situation to put me in the right place at the right time with the right people. You see this? Which reminds me of a story I've been hearing Brother Copeland, Brother Kenneth Copeland tell. Um, I've heard it several times in the past couple months. But he felt impressed to, uh, to buy a new Honda Goldwing. And I know some people may scoff at that. Well, scoff if you want. Um, but but uh, the Lord dealt with him about that. So he went up to this place in Arkansas to buy it. And as he's buying it, the, the guy who's selling him the, the motorcycle uh, said, hey, my dad really lo- loves, loves your ministry, and he was hoping to come today. But uh, he said, well, get, call your dad and get him down here. And, and so he, he met this guy's dad, and he said, well, I'm a Rhema graduate, and I've followed your ministry. And he said, I, I need prayer for healing. And, the, and Brother Copeland was able to minister to him and, and, and minister healing to him. And, and you know, uh, he said it wasn't about the motorcycle. It was about me being at the right place at the right time. Uh, to meet that person. And you say, uh, well, couldn't God do it without that? Well, sure, he could do it without that. But but why do it without it if you could do it with it? I mean, if the Lord wants to do it with it, then praise the Lord. Who am I to argue with that? <laughs> Amen. Well, glory to God. Um, 
in the last few minutes of this podcast, I'm, I'm kind of going longer than I expected, but I want to get out everything that's on my heart. I want to, I want to touch on a few things in, in Genesis 24. Um, and I won't read it. I'll just talk about it. Um, some of you who are listening to this, you may have read this recently, um, that you, you're probably on the same Bible reading plan that I am. But Genesis 24 is the story of Isaac and Rebekah. And uh, Rebekah was, uh, was the wife that was chosen for Isaac um, and um, ended up becoming the mother of Jacob and Esau. And we talked about them already, but uh, you know, Jacob, uh, his name was changed to Israel. And you know, his descendants became the nation of Israel. And we, we all know the significance of the nation of Israel, especially in the Bible. And, uh, you know, you, you read this story. I'd encourage you to go and read it if you haven't. But you see all throughout it how God's timing was perfect. God had absolute perfect timing. And Abraham sent his servant, made a, made a covenant with him to go find a wife for, for Isaac um, among his, his relatives. And um, so he did, and he prayed. He said, Lord, help me to find this woman. And he ends up going to the well of this city uh, just at the right time to meet Rebecca as she's coming out to the well. And, uh, you know, he meets her and tells her what's going on, and she gets excited and runs and tells her family. And they're like, man, this is awesome. This seems really good. This seems like it's from the Lord. Um, you know, this is awesome. And they're kind of all celebrating. And, um, you know, the timing of it is amazing. Read, read the chapter. But what's interesting about it is that you see after they say this and after they do all this, they say, uh, well, hold on a second, hold on. Um, you know, he's going to take Rebecca back to meet Isaac. And they say, well, well, let the let her abide with us for a few days, for a few more days. And the margin of that actually says 10 months. So the implication was that they were kind of looking for however much more time they could get with Rebecca. And uh, Eliezer, I think the servant, he, he said, uh, he said, don't hinder me. <laughs> he said, don't hinder me um, seeing that the Lord has blessed my mission. Let me take take her and go back to my master. I mean, he he's, you know, this isn't his wife. You know, he's not his involvement. He's probably kind of reached his cap of desire to be involved in this situation. You know, he's a servant. He's being sent to do this for somebody else. And he just wants to get it done. And, and so uh, he said, don't hinder me. Don't hinder me. Allow me to go back. And, and so they call Rebecca and they ask her, they say, Rebecca, will you go with this man? And she said, yes, I'll go. And so she goes with them and she meets Isaac and they get married. And, um, but the thing I want to point out to you about that is that when it's the right time, there's no reason to waste time. I'm going to say that again. When it's the right time, there's no reason to waste time. You know, Ephesians talks about not being unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is and redeeming the time. Because listen, um, our time is precious. And we're not supposed to waste our time, particularly when we find the will of God and we discern that it's the right time. L let me say it to you like this. When it's due season... There's no reason to put it off. I'm going to say that again. When it's due season, there's no reason to put it off. Now, sometimes your flesh may want to put it off, like with me and my phone, because I didn't want to spend the money in that moment. 
maybe other people's flesh is that way. But when when there's a mutual discernment that something is the right timing, there's no reason to waste time. Get after it. Uh, now, this can apply to many, many things. I'm I li- Listen, I'm talking about my phone. Okay, this can apply to buying a car. This can apply to going to school. This can apply to getting married. This can apply to having kids. This can apply uh, to stepping out into ministry. It can apply to many things. But the point is, when it's the right time, there's no reason to waste time. And that's what I wanted to point out to you from that. When it's due season, there's no reason to put it off. Let me show you something here. Um, you know, I talked about ripeness and things being ripe and ready. In Numbers 13, 17 through 20, it says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. He goes on to say, Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Watch this. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. I noticed this yesterday. The time was the season of the first ripe grapes. In other words, it was the ripe time. It was the ripe season. But what happened? You know the story. Um, Because they were intimidated, they missed the right time. They missed their window uh, of the right time because they were afraid, they were intimidated, and they wouldn't do it. They, they put it off because they were afraid. And it was available, it was ready. So you see that there's, a, there's a two sides of this. You don't want to step into things too early. You also don't want to put it off forever. If you know it's the right thing. Now, God has mercy. God is merciful, and He'll give you opportunity after opportunity and after opportunity to get it right. But you don't want to put things off forever either. You want to discern what God's perfect timing is. You know, uh, I'd mentioned about getting the new phone, and I, I told my little brother that I would give him my old uh, my old phone. But, you know, I thought about this last night. I had to transfer all the data from my old phone to my new phone. And so I had to have it plugged in to do that. And I thought about, you know, I, I gave my word to my little brother that I was going to give him that phone. But what if he had come in there while I was in the middle of that transfer and said, hey, you told me I could have this phone. Let me have it. And, and I said, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute, buddy. I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I'm in the middle of something. I'm doing something here. Don't, don't touch it yet. If you, if you touch it, it's going to mess up the whole thing. You see, I, I told him my will in the matter, but there's a right timing. I was doing a work. And there's a lot of things that we, we see a glimpse of God's will in the situation, but God's still doing a work there. He's still uh, doing some, some things in the midst of that, and it's not time yet. And, and we don't want to just discern what God's will is. We want to discern what God's timing is. And we want to do it His way. That's going back to the other podcast. Thank you, Lord. All right, I want to I close it with this. Um, Acts chapter 8. And this is going back to what we were talking about earlier with Jesus and the, the miracle in Cana. And we will, uh, we will close with this. Acts chapter 8, and this, this got me real excited. Acts chapter 8, uh, talking about Philip. Philip. And uh, something that happened with, with dear brother Philip. Um, let's see here. Um, 
I believe it's in a about verse um, 26. Excuse me. Took me a second to find that. It says, And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goes from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, uh, was, uh, was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to the chariot. Now what I want to point out to you here is that every single thing that the Spirit said to Philip, Philip did. Now, just like in, in John chapter 2, whatever he says to you, do it. Everything that the Spirit said to Philip, Philip did faithfully. He joined himself to the chariot. He talked to the man. He helped him get clarity on the scriptures. He led him to the Lord, and he got him baptized. Praise God. It says, uh, Philip preached unto him about Jesus. He said, if you believe with all your heart that you may um, be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. But watch this part. When they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, now people get mad sometimes when the pastor disappears after service, but listen, Philip was out of there. You know, he was he was gone. He was he had disappeared. It was kind of like in you know in Infinity War. You know, and like they turned around and they just that's kind of what it was like with Philip. He's just gone. Uh, he's, but it says, but Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. This is what I want to point out to you, and it's it's going back to what I was saying in John chapter two with the water being turned into wine. When uh, you honor God with your time, and you honor God's timing and you do what God tells you to do in the meantime, God will speed up time. Oh, come on. (laughs) And God will create shortcuts in time for you. Now, I just read New Testament scripture to you. And people say, well, there's no shortcuts with God. Uh, Ask Philip if there's any. Philip experienced a shortcut through time and space. Why? Because he obeyed God and was at the right place at the right time with the right person. He walked up to that chariot right as that Ethiopian was reading Isaiah and was confused and he led him to the Lord. Why? Right timing. But what else happened? Because he honored God with his time, his time became so valuable to God that God said, hey, I need you over here at this time, with these people doing this, and I don't have time for you to spend three weeks traveling there. So I'm going to go ahead and open a portal through time and space and let you just step on through it. Oh, come on, do you see this? This is what happens when you honor God with your time and when you wait on God's timing. Now, I'm not saying that things are just going to happen overnight and happen quickly. A lot of times... You know, people will will spend years being faithful, but then things will happen for them and it'll seem quick. 
And, and just like Philip was over here, and all of a sudden he's over there, and, and a journey that would normally take people weeks or months to get from one place to the other took Philip seconds. Why? Because God opened up a shortcut. And the same is true in our lives. When we honor God with our time, uh, God can take us from being in one place to being in a completely different place. Why? Because we honored God with our time, and God elevated us. He promoted us to another place that would normally have taken years or maybe has taken other people years. Just like that wine that normally takes years to become good wine. But Jesus did it instantaneously. Do you see this? When you honor God with your time, He honors you with eternity. Oh, come on. That just came right out of my spirit. Woo! Praise the Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit in this little studio. When you honor God with your time, God will honor you with eternity. And you will begin to you will begin to walk in eternity. And it's like God's holding your hand and you're going at his pace. And you are no longer limited because you are submitted to God. And this is what happened to Jesus when he was glorified. This is what happened to Philip when he was obedient. Thank you, Lord. It all comes back to God's perfect timing. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of this podcast today. Praise the Lord. God's timing is perfect. And when you wait on his right timing, when you honor him and honor him with your time, when you occupy yourself with the God-given task he's given you, and when you keep eternity in your heart, listen, God will honor you with himself. God will honor you with his presence. God will honor you with eternity. He did it with Philip. He did it with Jesus. Why wouldn't he do it with you if you'll honor him? I'm not saying that there's any such thing as a microwave blessing. No, you wouldn't want it if there was. What I'm saying is, even if you have to wait 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, when the time is right, God will do supernatural things to get you in the right place with the right people at the right time. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hey, well, this has been the No Content Podcast. The title of this episode is Beautiful in His Time, and I'm praying that this ministered to you today, and I will talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, He loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.